This is Because I Want To, Spooky Month. Hello, and welcome to Because (laughs) I Want To, where we talk about whatever it is we want to. Um, I'm Sarah. I'm Lindsay. And welcome back to Spooky Month. Spooky Month. Spooky. Although I think I've tried to actually watch one spooky thing and wussed out after, you know, that one try. Um, if it's Haunting of Bly House, can we talk about that right now? Yeah. So I only watched one episode of it because I was like, nope, because <laughs> I can't watch it by myself. Yeah. I can't do it. I get that because it's obviously just a really like spooky house. And if you live alone in a dark empty house it's a lot to take but i've been watching it and i'm really enjoying it i just here's the thing <laughs> with those shows because this is made by the same people who made hill house haunting on hill house or whatever i don't like that the main thing in those shows that make them spooky is the fact that a lot of the time it's shit you just like don't really notice like, it'll, like, pan, and you'll be like, what the fuck was that? Mm-hmm. Or, like, something will just be standing in the background, and yes. you're like, what was that? I, I don't like that. Those are the kinds of sh- things in life I fear. Shit, just, like, standing in a corner looking at me. Then you probably wouldn't like this if you continue to watch it, but I don't think it's as scary as Hill House, but the story's still really good. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Hill House had a lot going on yeah it did well and apparently um blind manor is based on the turning of the screw have you ever read or seen that i read that in high school and wrote a paper on it really i did uh here's the thing though (laughs) i don't think when i read it i really comprehended what i was reading so yeah i i don't think i really understood that book I saw a film adaptation a long time ago, and literally all I remember is the horrific, I think, like, final scene, which I won't say, but it's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely don't remember, so <laughs> I've blocked it out, apparently. Well, so yeah, I've been watching Blind Manor. What's new with you? You know, getting ready to go back to the the, the work. With, with the kids. I don't know if that's a yay. I, uh, <laughs> I like was at work on Friday and left at like 2.30. Like I felt like I finished all my things and I was like, got home and just sat there. I was like, I, there's no way a, I actually finished all the things. I must have just forgotten something. And B, I can't believe this is happening. Because mm-hmm. you're starting on Monday, yes? Mm-hmm. Do you the feel ready? come back. Um, um, <laughs> sure. No, sure. Then that's a no. I, I feel I'm as ready as I can be considering the circumstances. Are kids required to wear masks? Oh, hell yeah. Like if they don't wear one, do they go home? They do indeed. That's good. I'm not playing that game. I don't want your cooties. Yeah. children so yeah that's happening and then i did content review for state testing in maryland today all morning Ugh. you know what it i liked the people i was re- it wasn't that bad it could be bad but like considering it wasn't that bad i didn't mind it it's nice to like get an idea as to like what things are going to be and i can't really talk more about it because i signed an nda but that was what I did this morning. So it's like a new, is it a new test though? Yeah. So Maryland currently doesn't have an eighth grade social studies test. That's right. But we're getting one. Yeah. Um, so there's like re- or reading or English and math, but none. Is there going to be a science one too? There is a science one. Okay. Yeah. They test in all the subject areas in eighth grade for some reason. You know, necessary things in a pandemic. I know. State testing. Yeah. (laughs) Like, aren't there other things to be worrying about? But whatevs. 
Yeah. So that was my day today. I'm also buying a new car this week. That is really exciting. I'm so excited. I'm like, it gives me horrible anxiety, though, to like play dealerships off each other, which I know is like what you're supposed to do to get the best price. But ugh, my anxiety. I feel so awful because I'm like, you were very nice to me and you were very helpful, but I'm also going to send all the information you gave me to another dealership. Yeah, you have to be like cutthroat and not care about the person and just about the numbers. Capitalism, man. So have you decided for sure what you're getting? I'm getting a Kia Soul. Yay. Yay. What made you go with that one? They are affordable. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And they are safe. Literally, I just knew I wanted a bigger car than I have now, especially with like my dogs. And if I want to have kids, like I need a bigger car. Yeah. Um, the bullet, and... although mighty, is small. <laughs> he is very small. He has been mighty, though. Um, so, yeah. And that one's like the price wise, like the low end of like compact SUVs. So mm. it's always like a big deal getting a new car. I know this is the first car I've ever bought myself. Yeah. I bought a house before I bought a car. Yeah. So, yeah, adult stuff happening. I have to go to the bank on Tuesday and cash some bonds. Oh, my. (laughs) You have bonds. (laughs) I do have bonds. Thank you, dead grandparents, for giving me bonds throughout my life. When I bought my car, like, I drive a Honda, and, like, the Honda dealership was, like, a good experience, but then I went to, like, a Toyota one, and it was just, like, not to say they're all like this, but it was, like, creepy. Like, the salespeople there were creepy. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's, like, a very, I think there's a difference if you go to a place where their commission is based on, like, the price of the car Mm -hmm. versus places when you go that have, like, a flat commission. Like, I think that makes a big difference. And I also think there is something to be said for, like, your stereotypical, like, sleazy cars salesman. Like, it's definitely a thing. Yeah, I remember I went and this dude, like, came up and, like, grabbed my elbow. And I was like, don't touch me, sir. (laughs) Ew, I don't like that. No. Yeah. The nice thing about COVID is you have to, like, schedule a time. (laughs) (laughs) Social distancing. That's, I mean, obviously COVID is awful, but, like, everyone stays out of your bubble. (laughs) Oh, I love that aspect of it. I'm like, don't talk to me. Don't come near me. Mm -hmm. And I can, like, justify emailing people and being like, I would like this information to decide if it's worth the effort to drive to your dealership. Yeah. Like, for example, driving to Towson, not worth it, as it turns out. Hmm. so yeah i'm gonna apologize now my dog and my cat are wrestling and i'm sure they will make noise and london is spinning in circles and chasing her tail wrestling yeah wrestling that's what i call it when they fight it's not not a thing (laughs) wrestling well should we talk about our book club that we haven't talked about in a while yes so we finally read more (laughs) of condensed chaos Uh, What chapter were we supposed to read to? Okay, so we've only talked about one chapter, and we're supposed to do chapter two. So I think for for today, two and three. Oh, I read through four. Oh, well, overachiever. Or did I? No, I read two, four. Okay, no, we're good. We're good. So we're on the same page, literally. (laughs) Yes, page 59. (laughs) Well... I had my qualms at the beginning, but I actually liked chapter three. Chapter three was by far the easiest one to read. Yeah. It had, it the had most, organization. Yeah, it was organized and it had the most like concrete things to say. Yeah, he like did a lot of subtitling, which I like. Ew, my dog is gagging in the background. <laughs> Hateful. Hateful. Moose. She okay? <laughs> like, I wish you could see this, but my cat is upside down and has his paws like wrapped around Moose's neck, and Moose is just looking at me like, "Hello, <laughs> what's happening?" You guys are weird. Anyway, I know everyone needed that discussion of my pets. Um, I really liked that he did a lot of subtitling. I think he 
Um, so chapter three, everyone, was becoming a magician. Mm-hmm. And I don't even really want to talk about chapter two because I didn't see the point of chapter two. Literally, the only thing I really got from chapter two, and this was the note I made in the margin, was finally something concrete, was when he talked about setting intentions. Yeah, that's like a big thing. The statement of intent. Which I think, from what I remember, is like you say, I want to do this for this reason. Yeah, like you have to be very specific about what you want. He also made like a big deal about like self-assessment, which I get. Uh Uh-huh. Have to know what you want. The rest of chapter two was kind of um, just more like... I don't know. Do what you want. Do what feels right for you. Don't follow like a specific code or set of rules if you don't want to kind of thing. It seems like he very much likes to say the same thing just in different ways. I agree. (laughs) But yeah, so chapter three was all about like the things you have to do. And I liked his little acronym (laughs) where he made an acronym with the word chaos which hang on what did it stand for i highlighted it it's oh yeah all the things you have to have in order to practice magic or be a magician yes confidence honor attentiveness <laughs> organization and sensitivity you need all of these things to be a magus <laughs> yeah i've noticed that he talks about being a magician and not being a witch mhm yeah, because I think witch is like, I don't know, implies certain things. But yeah, it was a lot of, I liked his um, little talk about like not self-aggrandizing mm-hmm. and like not thinking you're the shit because like you've accomplished like one thing. Yeah, so like see confidence, obviously being confident, being relaxed um, like trusting yourself, honors, just like, you know, not being a dick, basically. <laughs> yeah, literally, that's basically what he said. <laughs> and then the next one, what was the next? A, chaos. What is A? I feel like I liked Assert- that was one. It, was it assertiveness? Attentiveness. Attentiveness. Yeah, I liked, well, attentiveness and... I think the next one, or no, sensitivity. We're both INFPs, right? The Myers-Briggs thing. Oh, I have no idea what I am. I look it up constantly and then I forget. Well, I know like I supposedly, I mean, it's kind of like pseudoscience, but for Myers-Briggs personality tests, like I'm an INFP. And I think it that really lends itself to his attributes of a magician because it talks about being attentive and people say it's like you have intuition, but really it's just paying attention to things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And people a lot like of that expressions and body language. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be receptive to how people react to you and you can't just talk at them. Yeah. And sensitivity was kind of like a similar thing, like just kind of um, like feeling, mm-hmm. I guess. A lot of what he was saying, I felt like was just directions on how to be like not a shit person <laughs> exactly it was like how to be a decent human being in the guise of practicing magic yeah so i guess by like listening to people and being attentive and receptive you're also being attuned to like how things in general work and how to like mm-hmm. talk to people and almost like feel things and i don't want to say manipulate things but kind of <laughs> I mean, I think that's what chaos magic is, is like manipulating your environment to your whatever your goal may be. Yeah. And it reminded me of um, when he was talking about intuition and attentiveness, you know, like John Edwards and all those kind of like fake people who can like read minds and talk to the dead and stuff. Oh, mentalists. Yeah. That's what they do. They're just very attentive. They like Mm -hmm. look at your body language and they figure out what kind of person you are. And based on your responses to what they say, they figure out like what to say next. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think that's like a skill some people have too. Like some people are just very aware of others. Mm-hmm. I liked what he talked about with like journaling and things like that. And um, yeah. also I like when he talked about not giving credit to things that don't need to have credit. So if something happens, don't automatically assume that something's out to get you or you, yeah. you know, did a certain thing. Like it might just be a thing that's happening. <laughs> Yeah, because in this chapter, he also talks about the dangers of practicing magic. And one of them is like paranoia, where you're like reading meaning into things like Mm -hmm. too much, basically. Which is like, what a hard line to balance, because if you're trying to affect change through magic, Mm -hmm. you're obviously looking for where you had an effect. So how do you not give everything like... Yeah, and that's like hard for me because I've talked about this with a therapist before where I'm like, you know, I feel like, you know, people are judging everything I say. And she's like, you don't know what people are thinking. Like you think you do, but you don't know. Yeah, judging by what I know goes on in my own head. Yeah, we definitely don't know what other people are thinking. Yeah. And I saw something on the internet a little bit ago where it was a study of people who have social anxiety and they basically showed them um, expressions on people's faces, like pictures. And if Mm. you had social anxiety, you are more likely to interpret neutral expressions as negative. Mm -hmm. I mean, think of how many people will look at somebody whose face is just resting and think, I mean, that's where resting bitch face comes. Like, yeah. A resting face is a mean face. Like, yeah, that's what I think. I'm always like, oh, people will think I'm annoying or like they're thinking mm-hmm. what I'm saying is dumb or whatever. <laughs> I think that kind of stuff all the time. And then you go, why did I say that? That was dumb. Yeah. Why did you say that? Stop talking. Yeah. So it's kind of like when you go into stuff like this where it's like, trust your intuition. You have to like, I don't know, like. <laughs> my intuition's not great. <laughs> yeah, my, I think my, um, like, I don't know, measurement is way too sensitive, my gauge. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mine definitely is. For sure's And I liked how he talked about at the very end like you know like a gut feeling like he calls it your danger sense mm-hmm. to basically and you listen listen to it yeah listen to it and it can eventually grow into like foreshadowing and feeling what might happen but then again like if you have anxiety that's you know mm-hmm. that's everything that's a slippery slope <laughs> that's my every day of I feel like this is a bad idea gotta convince myself to do it anyway yeah like every time I'm on a plane I'm like oh I feel weird about this but you can't get off the plane every time do you ever do this thing where you're driving and then you just envisioned yourself crashing and like flipping over a bridge or something yeah just keep driving yeah yeah Yeah. So it's kind of like, I don't know, hopefully he'll talk about that when it comes to like intrusive thoughts or just, um, I guess the paranoia he kind of touched on, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. We still don't know how to do anything really. Yeah. No, we're no, in... no instructions on that yet. I was looking at the pages and we're maybe a third of the way through. I guess he's going to get to that. I'm excited for a discussion of sigils. I know. I didn't know what a sigil was until I watched a TikTok about it recently. I want to make a sigil and I want to focus all of my energy on Athena because I think it'd be fun. Athena's a cool goddess. She's probably the coolest one. She's pretty cool. Her and Artemis, man. Hanging. Which one's Artemis? Artemis is the goddess of the hunt. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> no one at home could see that, but I just did finger guns for some reason. <laughs> Because it's cool. You know me, the essence of cool. Well, I feel good that we did our book club this week. It's been a while. Yeah, I read that very quickly today after you reminded me to do it. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, can we meet a little bit later? I haven't done my homework yet. (laughs) I had not either. Didn't even remember that there was homework because my brain is soup at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Soup. All right, so should we move into our spooky topic? Yeah, 
Um, I feel like I've been saying this every week, but I'm really excited for this one. <laughs> it's going to be good. So we're doing creepy pastas, which I've realized some people don't know what a creepy pasta is. Yeah, Brock didn't know. But basically, a creepy pasta is just a spooky story that circulates on the internet. <laughs> Did you know that it's like creepy pasta comes from copy paste? I did not. I looked it up because I was like, why is it called that? And yet they're basically urban legends that have spread on the internet. Copy and pasting. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because there's like some, I really like the little short ones. Mm -hmm. So I have a bunch of those, but there are some that are like really long. Um, Yeah. The top rated one, I went on creepypasta.com, which, by the way, is like an awful website. I agree. I also (laughs) went on there. It's so slow and there's like ads everywhere and just the formatting is bad. But the top rated one, I won't read it because it's like really long, but it's really good. And it's um, because we're from like the D.C. area. It starts off with... Glenmont Station one? Yeah, it's like, if you see me at the Glenmont Station, shoot me. It's basically like the hook. Yeah, I read through like half of that one. I'm going to be honest, I don't think I read through fully any of the ones I'm (laughs) planning on reading, because again, my brain is soup. (laughs) That's fine. Most of mine are really short. I have one kind of longer one. I also have one kind of long one. So excellent. Would you like to go first, my friend, and share your uh, creepy pasta? Okay, I'll start off with a short one, I guess. (laughs) And I think, well, I'll just read it first. This one didn't have a title that I remember, and it didn't have an author, which a lot of these don't. Okay, it goes, in Berlin, after World War II, money was short, supplies were tight, and it seemed like everyone was hungry. At that time, people were telling the tale of a young woman who saw a blind man picking his way through a crowd. The two started to talk. The man asked her for a favor. Could she deliver the letter to the address on the envelope? Well, it was on her way home, so she agreed. She started out to deliver the message, but when she turned around to see if there was anything else the blind man needed, she spotted him hurrying through the crowd without his glasses or white cane. She went to the police who raided the address on the envelope where they found heaps of human flesh for sale. And what was in the envelope? Quote, this is the last one I am sending you today. I'm confused. What did you send her before? So, I know, I had to read this one twice, but there's a food shortage in Berlin after World War II. He gives her an envelope, and in the envelope it says, this is the last one I'm sending you today. And she's supposed to take it to this address. I don't get it, friend. So he was a blind man. Well, he was pretending to be blind, but he wasn't blind. Yeah. And he was sending her there so the people at that address could kill her and eat her. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. I also, though, if someone was like, can you take a letter to an address? I'd be like, no. Well, that's no, why I, I think he had to pretend to be blind. So people like feel bad for him. Be like, sir, let me take you to the post office. I know. That one's creepy, right? A lot of them have like twists like that. <laughs> My soup brain can't handle the twist. <laughs> Ew, I hate I hate the term soup brain. <laughs> That's where I'm at. All right. Are you ready for maybe yeah. what is the most classic creepypasta yes. ever? It's very short. <laughs> this is a mother's call. I got this off a list of like short creepypastas on didyouknowfacts.com. So there's not an author here. A young girl is playing in her bedroom when she hears her mother call to her from the kitchen. So she runs down the stairs to meet her mother. As she's running through the hallway, the door to the cupboard under the stairs opens and a hand reaches out and pulls her in. It's her mother. She whispers to the child, don't go into the kitchen. I heard it too. Mm. That one, I think, is like quintessential 
creepypasta where I feel like a lot of people have heard that story. Yeah, because it's creepy as fuck. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, <laughs> you heard your mom call in the kitchen and then you turned a corner and she was, like, right there. I would scream bloody murder and I run know. out of the house. <laughs> That's, like, skinwalker type shit right there. Oh, uh, can I just say, last week, after we talked about that stuff, I had the hardest time sleeping. <laughs> okay, last night, I started reading a bunch of creepy pastas to find some for today, and I was like, I need to stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I was just laying in bed, and I kept thinking I was going to hear, because you, here's the thing, here's the, uh, the tea. You know I already hear things at night sometimes, uh-huh. so, but those usually happen when I'm, like, half awake. And so now I was just like laying in bed waiting for like a voice in like the corner of my room to be like, hey, hey, I was just waiting for it, hey. waiting for it. Ugh. Recently, the voice I've been hearing has been a man. So that's been fun. That's I new. I hate that. Mm-hmm. And he does, normally what I hear is a woman's voice going like, hey, wake up. But now it's like a man going Ugh, in my ear. It's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> I know. My mom. Are, are you going to be okay tonight after we talk about all this? <laughs> my mom keeps telling me, she's like, it's like your guardian angel. And I'm like, my guardian angel is like getting in my ear and going, Ugh. like that? Mm. Like that's that's God's hand helping me out? Thanks. I would hope your guardian angel would, I don't know, figure out some way to not like freak you out over a long period of time i don't know maybe i'm about to have a night terror and they're trying to wake me up out of it that's a nicer way to think about it that's true let's let's go with that it's a nice haunting okay so you had a classic creepypasta i have another classic one hit me with it you've probably heard this one this is the one i always think about when i hear of creepypasta so it's called white and red Mm -hmm. and it goes a man went to a hotel and walked up to the front desk to check in the woman at the desk gave him his key and told him that on the way to his room there was a door with no number that was locked and no one was allowed in there she explained that it was a storeroom and that it was out of bounds she reminded him of this several times before allowing him upstairs So he followed the instructions of the woman at the front desk, going straight to his room and going to bed. However, the insistence of the woman had piqued his curiosity. So the next night he walked down the hall to the door and tried the handle. Sure enough, it was locked. He bent down and looked through the wide keyhole. Cold air passed through it, chilling his eye. What he saw was a hotel bedroom like his, and in the corner was a woman whose skin was incredibly pale. She was leaning her head against the wall, facing away from the door. He stared in confusion for a while. Was this a celebrity, the owner's daughter? He almost knocked on the door out of curiosity, but decided not to. As he was still looking, the woman turned sharply and he jumped back from the door, hoping she would not suspect he had been spying on her. He crept away from the door and walked back to his room. The next day, he returned to the door and looked through the wide keyhole. This time, all he saw was redness. He couldn't make anything out besides a distinct red color unmoving. Perhaps the inhabitants of the room knew he was spying the night before and had blocked the keyhole with something red. He felt embarrassed that he had made the woman so uncomfortable and hoped she had not made a complaint with the woman at the front desk. At this point, he decided to consult her for more information. She sighed and said, did you look through the keyhole? The man told her that he had and she said, well, I might as well tell you the story of what happened in that room. A long time ago, a man murdered his wife in there. And we find that even now, whoever stays there gets very uncomfortable. But these people were not ordinary. They were white all over, except for their eyes, which were red. Gross. Do you get it? So he's the one who murdered his wife, right? No. 
when he was looking through the keyhole and all he saw was red. Well, that was her eye, right? Her eye looking back at him. I don't like that. Have you ever heard of that one before? I think like a long uh-huh. time ago. I just don't look through keyholes, y'all. So they were don't eye look. to eye. That one like really creeps me out. Whenever I see someone look through a keyhole, I always expect something's going to come through and stab them. I'm glad we don't have keyholes like that anymore. <laughs> True facts. Ew. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> this one is kind of funny. <laughs> I don't know how scary it is, but I was like, I chuckled when I read it. Okay, so um, I'm not going to tell you the name of this because it kind of gives it away, but this is from that same list. Okay. So... Ooh, I have another one that's good. Okay. My daughter woke me around 11.50 last night. My wife and I had picked her up from her friend Sally's birthday party, brought her home, and put her to bed. My wife went into the bedroom to read while I fell asleep watching the Braves game. Daddy, she whispered, tugging my shirt sleeve. Guess how old I'm going to be next month. I don't know, beauty, I said as I slipped on my glasses. How old? She smiled and held up four fingers. It's 7.30 now. My wife and I have been up with her for almost eight hours. She still refuses to tell us where she got them. (laughs) (laughs) That one I just think is funny. Yeah, that one's cute. (sighs) I just really like these kind of short, snappy ones. Yeah, I think like you just want that little feeling of dread, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was looking up ones to, like, talk about today, some of them are, like, really gruesome. And I was like, I kind of like it, but it might be too much. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, we all have our, the things that really creep us out, you know? Yeah, maybe we should have said this at the beginning, but if you are, like, squeamish or triggery in any way, like, don't listen to this one. <laughs> don't do what I used to do, which was... <laughs> So I used to live like an hour from work, right? And I would drive to work in the dark and I would listen to like the scariest fucking podcasts. Why? And then I, I don't know. And then I would just spend the entire time thinking something was in my back seat. And Ugh. so I just drive and be like, oh, oh, but still kept listening. <laughs> That's like a really good urban legend with like the girl driving home and someone behind her keeps flashing their brights at her. Mm-hmm. And then she gets home and there's like someone in her backseat with a knife. Mm-hmm. It's like a creepy pasta. Yeah, except that one would definitely happen. There's um an episode of The Twilight Zone where someone's driving by herself and she keeps looking in the rearview mirror but looking into her backseat so much that she eventually like sees someone back there. Oh, uh, uh. I have and, like very distinct <laughs> memories of like thinking somebody was in my backseat. It's disturbing. Yeah. Well, they say like you should always look in your backseat before you get in your car. Mm-hmm, Which mm-hmm, like I mm-hmm. don't do because I don't think of it. But it's a good it's good advice. Oh, I always look. <laughs> but I'm like paranoid about that shit. Like it's like when I go in a bathroom, I always look in the shower. I know if I think about it, I definitely have to. Anyway, hit me with another. (sighs) Okay. This one's called When Charlie Goes Away. Oh, no. That's what I was going to (laughs) read. Really? Yeah, but hit me with it. I have other ones. I can do a different one. That one's good. Read it. Okay. I hate it when my brother Charlie has to go away. My parents constantly try to explain to me how sick he is. That I am lucky for having a brain where all the chemicals flow properly to their destinations like undammed rivers. When I complain about how bored I am without a little brother to play with, they try to make me feel bad by pointing out that his boredom likely far surpasses mine, considering his confine to a dark room in an institution. I always beg for them to give him one last chance. Of course, they did at first. Charlie has been back home several times, each shorter in duration than the last. Every time without fail, it all starts again. The neighborhood cats with gouged out eyes showing up in his toy chest. My dad's razors found dropped on the baby slide in the park across the streets. 
mom's vitamins replaced by bits of dishwasher tablets. My parents are hesitant now, using last chances sparingly. They say his disorder makes him charming, makes it easy for him to fake normalcy and to trick the doctors who care for him into thinking he is ready for rehabilitation, that I will just have to put up with my boredom if it means staying safe from him. I hate it when Charlie has to go away. It makes me have to pretend to be good until he is back or they'll know it was me. I thought that one was so good. Yeah, that one's good. It's a zinger at the end. It is a zinger. It's zingy. It's very zingy, and I didn't see that coming. No, I was like, oh. Oh. Okay. There was an episode of Criminal Minds kind of like that, where, like, the brother was, like, a sociopath. And like, the, like it was just such a good. I think it was the best episode as far as like a twist at the end, where you're just like, "Oh fuck!" Poor Charlie. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. Poor kid, because you know, like if you are a manipulative, intelligent psychopath, like you probably could figure out a way to pin it on someone. Yeah, for sure, a hundred percent. Oof. A hundred percent. I'm sure it happens like. I don't want to say frequently, but, like, if you're a sociopath, like, that's what you do. Okay. I read this post on Reddit a while ago that was basically, like, this father who was saying my daughter is a diagnosed psychopath or sociopath. I forget which. And she has told me that she doesn't love anyone. She doesn't feel anything. But she's engaged to this really nice guy and like he has no idea like she's never told him. And basically his question to this community was like, should I tell him? Ooh, ooh, right (laughs) there. Not to bring everything back to TV. There was an there was an episode of House basically like about that where like the girl was a sociopath and she knew she was. And she was, like, engaged to this guy, and House was, like, and the guy left the room, and House was, like, so am I going to tell him or you? Yeah. And, like, just, like, the mask came off, and it was yes. so creepy. Because, I mean, like, most sociopaths aren't violent. They just yeah. are. <laughs> From what I remember, and, of course, with Reddit, you don't know what's true and what's not. I think he had said that she had issues beyond just being non-empathetic like she had real issues and she just didn't she hid them from him and he believed that she loved him and you know all that i think you gotta tell i think so too even though if you do it's like you're fucked because he probably won't believe you you know yeah but at least then you know you did something you know like done your due diligence you're not passive about it yeah oh scary yeah what do you think are, like, the classic creepypastas, if you will, of our childhood? Definitely the one <laughs> where the girl has, like, the pimple on her face and it gets bigger and bigger. And then it turns out that it's, like, a bunch of spiders, like, hatching from her face. Do you remember that one? Yeah, it's like some Are You Afraid of the Dark <laughs> shit. Yeah. I think the one I remember the most is the one with the scratching. Do you remember that one? The hook on the car? Yeah. 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 You should tell that one real quick in case people don't know. Oh, I don't know if I know it well enough. It's just tell like, it. like, I think it was just, I feel like these stories are always like teenagers, right? <laughs> always. They're in a car somewhere. Um, and they hear a scratching on the side of the car and they like basically are freaking out. Like, what is that noise? They hear a scratching and then they eventually go home and they hear like a news report of a escaped convict with a hook and basically look out for this thing. And then they go out to their car and they see like a hook, like in the handle of the door. (laughs) That one goes along with the one where the person is like in their room and like their dog would lick their hand every night oh, and they have yeah. like their hand down and they keep checking to see if the dog's there and the dog will like lick their hand 
And then they wake up. And don't they hear, like, a dripping or something? Yeah. And they go in the bathroom. And the dog's, like, dead in the bathroom. And they turn on the light. And it, it says something like, don't you wish it was... You thought it was your dog or something like that? Yeah, I was like... I always heard it like, maniacs can lick, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ew. Ugh, that one... I think that was the scariest one that we told, you know, at Girl Scouts around the campfire. Yeah, that one probably scared me the most out of all of them. And then there's your classic girl with the ribbon around her neck. And mm-hmm. when she takes it off, her head falls off. Yeah, I remember hearing that one in kindergarten. I think that one was from that book, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Do you remember, I thought about this, I think last year... Around this time, the song, okay, the Hearst song, is a song about burial and human decomposition. The worms crawl in, the worms crawl out. That song? It sounds vaguely familiar. Oh, my God. Hold on. Let me look up the lyrics. Then I'll sing it to you. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. I love a concert. Okay. It goes... Don't ever laugh as a hearse goes by for you may be the next to die. They wrap you up in bloody sheets to drop you six feet underneath. You know that song? I do not know that song. No. And the worms crawl in, the worms crawl out, the worms play pinnacle on your snout. They eat your eyes, they eat your nose as you begin to decompose. Apparently we were not allowed to sing that at church camp or Girl Scouts <laughs> camp, which was the only kind of camps I was allowed to go to. That's why I don't know, like, why... I know that song. Like, where would I have even heard that? But that's, again, it's just like folklore. Somehow it just yeah. gets heard. I mean, it's not any, like, creepier than, like, Ring Around the Rosie. Yeah. Like, just songs like that are always creepy. And you just, you know, you sing them because they got a, a fun beat. <laughs> or um, remember, did you ever do Concentrate? Concentrate. People are dying. Children are crying. Concentrate. Concentrate. Oh my God. What the fuck? (laughs) Speaking. I know we're off topic, but I don't care. Um, (laughs) Speaking of urban legends, can we talk about how much I was afraid of Bloody Mary? Me too. I was little. Okay. I don't. Let's explain to people because I don't think younger people know what Bloody Mary is. But basically, Bloody Mary was this thing where you'd go in the bathroom and you'd turn off the lights and you'd say, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. And the thing is, she would appear in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And I was so scared <laughs> of Bloody Mary. I had a neighbor who like, she was like fucking with me, obviously. I know that as an adult, <laughs> but like... <laughs> At like I remember being at school in the bathroom and she was in there and she turned off the lights on me and then mm. she came out and she was like, Look at these bruises on my legs. Oh my god. From, like, yeah. That were probably from like soccer practice or something. And she was like, These are from Bloody Mary. And you know, mm. I was like seven and I was like, Oh my god, death is coming for me. <laughs> and I could not turn off to this day, I do not like going in a dark bathroom. I was so scared of going into the bathroom or a room with a mirror in it because of Bloody Mary when I was little. And I Mm -hmm. heard it at camp. It's always at camp. (laughs) That is a true trope. You will hear that shit at camp. Yeah, you had to be in the bathroom with the lights turned off, which did you ever do the thing where you would stare at your reflection in a mirror until it became grotesque? (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Like the whites of your eyes would just. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Oh, man, Bloody Mary. That was maybe the thing I was the most afraid of as a kid. Yeah, I remember I have one distinct memory of having to go into the bathroom and having to leave the door open and my parents telling me mm-hmm. it was okay. <laughs> yep, yep. To be I used in to leave there. the door open. Yep. Oh. 100%. It's up there with that episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark I saw where they did some sort of fucking seance and something came through these people's wall and I had, I saw it on New Year's. I remember this is like very specifically. <laughs> I was not allowed to watch Are You Afraid of the Dark? This is the same chick who convinced me about Bloody Mary. They're my neighbors. Went over to their house, saw Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. Anyway, 
and I had this blank spot on my wall, and I just remember staring at it all night, <laughs> convinced a creature was going to come through it. To be Ugh. fair, Are You Afraid of the Dark was legitimately, some of those episodes were really scary. Agreed. You know what? Some episodes of Goosebumps were also kind of mm. scary, like the Scarecrow episode of Goosebumps. Mm. Mind you, I've seen a lot of Goosebumps episodes recently because they're on Discovery Education, so we watch them at work when, <laughs> like, the I end used of the to, day. Like, read all those books, and the one I remember the most is the one with the mask, where she put the mask on and then she couldn't take it off. Ooh, that's like a common like, yeah. like here you become the mask. Yeah. Oof. Much like the Jim Carrey movie, The Mask. <laughs> that's right. That's a whole movie. <laughs> But hilarious. <laughs> it is hilarious. It's a young Cameron Diaz in it. Oh. All right. Well, do you have another one? So I have one. This isn't necessarily a creepypasta, but this is a list of what people are saying is the scariest thing that's ever happened to them. <gasps> you ready? Yeah. <clears throat> me 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 (laughs) (laughs) so was sitting in my room at like 11 30 p.m heard lots of shit downstairs assumed it was my mom heard her walk up the stairs to my room stop i called out to her she didn't say anything and walked downstairs i went down about a half an hour later to find a piece of paper with the words you're lucky i'm scared too on it and a whole bunch of shit was missing Called mom. She still hadn't arrived home from a dinner she was with, at with she was at with her friends. I called the cops and locked myself in the bathroom. But I think they left when they realized I was still home. Probably the most scared I've ever been when I was hiding in the bathroom. This is supposedly a true story. Supposedly. So you're lucky I'm scared too. The implication was that the mom faker wrote that. Yeah, so I guess somebody was, like, robbing her house, and she thought it was her mom. Um, and then when the other person realized that she was in the house. Ooh. I don't like that. I don't at all. My favorite posts on Reddit are ones where it's, like, what's the scariest thing that's ever happened to you? Because some, like, shit that's happened to people <laughs> is gnarly. I'll read them for, like, an hour or more. Just all the different it's posts. like... It's like Radio Rental. Like, some of the stories on Radio Rental are, like, the one, yo, (laughs) yo, the one, because some of them I'm like, eh, whatever, but the one where the guy's girlfriend, like, he must have been, like, experiencing a time slip or something, but the one where he, like, his girlfriend comes, like, rushing into their apartment or whatever, uh-huh. And, like, but there was no way that she could have been there. And, like, her clothes were different. And she, like, took all their shit and stuff and yeah. just, like, stormed out. And he chased after her and then ran into his actual girlfriend. And it was, like, on video. Yes. Radio Rental is probably, like, my, maybe my favorite podcast right now. It's good. I can only listen to it if I have time to listen through a whole episode through. Uh-huh. Like I don't, I don't like the stories to be chopped up, so yeah. I don't listen to it very often. But when I do, it's very good. If you're looking for uh, better tellings of creepy things oh <laughs> than God. we're doing, go listen to Radio Rental. They're so good, and I just find the people to be like pretty credible and believable. The way they tell their story, like the dude mm-hmm. from that story, he was like, "I know a lot of people aren't going to believe me, and that's fine. This is just what happened." <laughs> hmm. Yeah, like, I think some shit is just, you have to be like, I don't know, time broke for a second. <laughs> Did you um listen to the one about the guy who worked at Subway? Yes, with the sand, the guy with the sandwich. <laughs> yes. Yo, when I got to the end of that one, I wanted to like vomit. I was like, that, no. Oh my God. I listened to that when I was driving up to Oklahoma from Louisiana. And when the reveal happened at the end, I paused it and I screamed in the car while I was driving. I was like, ah. <laughs> because it was going in one direction and then it just, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Highly recommend Radio Rental. <laughs> also, if you're, I will forever sing the praises of the Black Tapes. I love that podcast. What um, is it? 
the black tapes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like storytelling. It's not like it's it's like a old school radio drama, if you will. Uh-huh. Oh, but that's what I used to listen to in the morning and it would freak me the fuck out. You can't <laughs> listen to that in the morning, especially if you're driving to school when it's dark out. <laughs> That was like, I listened to the audiobook The Diviners by Libba Bray, which <laughs> so, I recommend it all the time because it's such a good audiobook. I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much as an actual book as uh-huh. I did as the audiobook. But yo, some of it's so creepy. It was just like, <laughs> it's dark and I'm in my car and I hate it. Yeah, I know that that book, when I worked at the library in the teen department, that was a heavy hitter. Like, that was a popular one. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of good representation in it. It has a lot of really good character development. And the bad guy in it is so fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, the premise of it is at, like, the very beginning of the book. Spoilers. They There's some, like, random people. It takes place in the 20s. And they are using a Ouija board. And they summon something. And you know, when you use a Ouija board, you're always supposed to say goodbye mm-hmm. at the end to like dismiss the spirit. And they don't. So it like just traps him here. And he's this like horrible, evil serial killer. And he like takes corporeal form. Hmm. So it's like horror. It's horror mixed with a whole bunch of other shit. Interesting. Yeah, that's good. All right. Scariest thing that's ever happened to you. What do you think? <sighs> I was trying to think, and I'm sure there's, like, something I'm not thinking of. And this isn't that scary, but I'll just go ahead and tell you. Um, So I was in college, and I was studying at the main library, like, really late one night. This sounds like the beginning of a creepypasta. It does. I'm intrigued. (laughs) Because it was, like, nothing really happened, so don't get your hopes up too high. But it was the only place that was open really late. And it was like midterms or finals or something. So they're like, okay, the library is closing. Everyone has to leave. So I start to pack up my stuff. It's like probably like 10 or 11 at night. And I start leaving from the library. And the University of Maryland College Park is like a pretty big campus. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had like a pretty long walk to get back to my dorm. And I start walking and there's like someone walking behind me. And you know, like normally when people are behind you, they're either going slower than you so they get further behind or they're walking faster so they pass you. Mm-hmm. Like this person was walking at the same pace as me. Oh, I hate it when like you're being paced. It's yeah. such a like female thing too to be like yes. so aware of that. Exactly. Like I was by myself and he was just like 20 feet behind me like the whole way. So it was like probably a 20 minute, maybe 15, 20 minute walk back to my dorm. And you go and it's like, if you go on this turn off, then that's where a lot of dorms are. And a lot of people head off that way. And then Mm -hmm. the next turn off is like to go to South Campus. And a lot of people live there. So a lot of people go off that way. So the further I was going, like I lived like kind of far more, like more and more people were turning off basically. So Mm -hmm. Like, the odds that someone lived in my dorm, which was, like, kind of small, were, like, not as great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he just kind of stayed behind me at the same pace to the point where I was, like, paranoid about it and thinking, mm-hmm. do I go back to my dorm so he knows where I live? Like, do I go somewhere else? Like, what do I do? And so... I basically decided to like go I this is true I like went into the dining hall I took a detour and went to the dining hall and he like followed me to the dining hall and then I kind of lost him in there and I kind of kept track of him and then when I saw he was somewhere else I left and then I walked back to my dorm (laughs) Uh, I think that was probably the right move though right I think in those situations it's always if you can best to get yourself around other people like immediately And, like, at the time, I was thinking, oh, I'm just being paranoid, like, reading into it, whatever. But I've never felt, like, that sense, like, before or after Mm -hmm. since then, where I was just, like, ugh, you know, bad Mm -hmm. vibes. I always, when people walk behind me, even if I don't feel like they're going to do anything, I always purposely slow down so that they'll pass me. Mm -hmm. Or just to, like, see if they'll pass me. Or if they're purposely going to slow down, too. Yeah. 
That's a good idea. That's a good tip. Yeah. It's from a from paranoid Sarah. No matter who it is, that's what I do. What's your true life scary story? <sighs> so I don't think I have anything outside of like sleep paralysis or anything that's like I this thing happened to me that was scary. But I, I guess sleep paralysis is scary in itself. The first time that happened, I legit thought I was dying. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most scared I've ever been recently, like gasping for breath scared, was so I live in a townhouse, right? And my neighbors my, are very loud to the point where sometimes it sounds like they're in my house. And one time they were running up their stairs and I swear to God, it sounded like they were running up my stairs and my dogs reacted. My cat reacted. I like flew out of bed and like threw myself at my bedroom door because I was con fucking vinced that someone was about to like bust through my bedroom door because they were like running up my stairs. Uh-huh. Ooh. So that's the most, yeah, that's the most scared I've been recently. I think the most scared I've ever been, like, that I can remember is, were you with me when we went to that abandoned asylum? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, when you guys went into that asylum and I decided to fucking stand outside by myself, that was maybe, in that sort of situation, the most scared I've ever been. So, okay, me, Sarah, and our friend Katie went to, it's not there anymore, but it used to be called Henryton which is in Maryland, in Ellicott City. Is that where it was? Mm, Around. And it used to be like a tuberculosis hospital back in the day. And then I think it became like a mental, like asylum, insane asylum. And then it was abandoned. Um, So it was like this thing. People would go and like, it wasn't that easy to get to. Like you had to like. It was really hard to get to. We had like (laughs) a walk a mile down railroad tracks. Down railroad tracks. And I think there was like a creek or something that became a river so i i don't know but like you get there and it's super spooky it's huge obviously abandoned and me and katie were like we're gonna go inside and look around and sarah's like i'm too scared i'm gonna stay out here by myself (laughs) it was so dumb and the thing is i wasn't even scared of like a ghost i was scared of like a fucking hobo coming out of the woods yeah. So I just kept, like, it was, like, two things. I was standing in the middle, and to the front was, like, the sanitarium, and to the left was the old, like, children's center or whatever. And I kept looking at that and thinking I was going to see a head pop up Ugh. in the window, like, was convinced. And then I kept looking at the woods, waiting for a murderer to come out of them and kill me. Mm-hmm. That's true. Like, if I were homeless, I would go someplace like that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I was convinced. I was like, this is how I die. But then, like, from our point of view, we went inside and, you know, there's graffiti and beer and people go there, like, party. And it's not that scary. And we come out and we're like, you're probably more scared out here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I guarantee you I was. (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty spooky, though. Yeah, but I've never had, like, a situation where I thought someone was going to, like, attack me or anything like that. Hmm. I don't think anyway that I can remember. Yeah. But that freaks me out for you. I think that person right? was like following you. Well, and yeah, like I said, I lived in a dorm that was kind of like not on the main path. And when I went to the took my detour to the dining hall, like it was after the regular turnoff you would take to get there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? This is the kind of thing where I don't think men realize how much women clock that kind of shit. Yeah. Oh, can I tell you one more thing before we go? A scary thing. I remember being a kid at the Columbia Mall. And I was there with my cousin, my little sister. And this man was following us around. Ew. Like, we were at the directory looking at stores or whatever on the map. And he was there watching us. And then we were at the food court in like a booth and he walked by and like looked down at us and we saw him like maybe three or four different times. I hate that. Right? I hate that a lot that you could have been like kidnapped. Fucking malls, man. Fucking people like people fucking leave each men. other alone. Leave each other alone. Leave the scary shit to ghosts. 
See that? Yeah, that's the scary thing. Is people are scarier than ghosts? I think. Hundred percent. Well, I'm not gonna sleep tonight. Great. <laughs> that was our creepy pasta episode. Man, well, I had a lovely time. I'm going to go order some Chipotle, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Watch something light. I've been like binging Van Helsing on Netflix. It's like a sci-fi show. There you go. It's not very uh, (laughs) comforting, I guess. It's It's probably not what I should go watch after this. But it's probably like the tone of it's not just meant to scare you i assume no it's very reminiscent of the walking dead okay see i've been reading edgar Allan poe <laughs> and watching oh, Holy manor <laughs> no <laughs> all right well follow us on all the things we're gonna try and post more on them i'm gonna try and be more active in other parts of our podcast <laughs> like the twitter and the instagram yeah do all the things follow us and thanks for listening we'll see you next week bye bye